Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. This is one of our big shows, one of the Star Destroyers in our fleet, because, man, our fleet has been growing. This is, of course, one of our deep dive episodes. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck, and that Star Destroyer is listing. 
It's it's <laughs> kind of moving. Who's driving it? Because this is going to be a Star Wars bar crawl. Drive your Star Destroyers responsibly, kids. This is going to be fun. When Joseph Scrimshaw pitched this one to me, I went, I wrote back and went and even said to myself, you genius. This <laughs> is, um, uh, I can't wait to dive into it. Before we do all that, we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And we always have a four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, Joseph. That's right. And we're still recommending the book that we thought we were going to start reading earlier than we did because we've run out of time. We are recommending Thrawn Ascendancy colon Chaos Rising by Timothy Zahn. We will be getting to discussing it uh, soon. So if you want to be ready to discuss us with us, you can go ahead and download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Get that chaos rising right in your earphones, head buds, whatever they're called yeah. today, kids. The things that make sound in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna read that book soon. We're gonna review it. We're gonna we're gonna discuss it. I was I was joking with Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained because he has has his uh, you know his wonderful Star Wars Explained videos about the Thrawn novel. And I just I texted him this morning and I said, uh, "Hey, spoiler, dude." He's like, yeah, "The book's been out." I'm like, "I sit on my shelf." <laughs> you know i'll get to it i'll get to it yeah yeah i've i've picked it up uh and, and we're gonna we're gonna dive in but man there's just so much going on uh but for now uh we're gonna dive into you know some bars some dives we're gonna jump into our uh star wars space uber our, our cloud car lifts and we're gonna take a tour around the galaxy uh to different bars in star wars uh, I want to, you know, just discuss kind of what they add to the galaxy, you know, our favorite moments, our favorite characters, how the different bars uh, have the, uh, evolved and just uh, generally celebrate all of these galactic watering holes. Uh, but before we dive into the galaxy of Star Wars, I want to give a little bit of perspective from our own galaxy, our own universe. You and I can both like bars in real life. Why is that? Why do you like bars? My mom, my mom wants me to answer that too, Jess. Uh, <laughs> Does she listen? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but she can sense I'm talking about sinning. Um, uh, look, I, well, I joke. I, I I didn't drink till late in life. I did not drink till I was in my late twenties before I started to, to have alcohol, which is a total fine decision. Uh, stand by the, the path there, and and uh, moderation. All those, well, all those responsible things we'll say right now, but I, I didn't. And when I finally did, one of the things I did come to enjoy really fast is bars. Not necessarily bar scene, bar flies, bar life, but just people hanging around with the guard down, conversations, weird folks coming through, um, friends that you make, uh, all those things. And I used to go to a place in Toluca Lake that has since changed ownership, I do believe, yet. Yeah, I, I haven't been there in a couple of years, in part because it changed ownership but it was uh, called timmy nolan's pub just a good irish pub and me and my uh, good friend uh used to go hang out there and we'd be a lot and you'd see nfl head coach jim mora keanu reeves local newscasters uh, stuntmen that have been in business for 40 years and everyone is like a space pilot just coming into port and talking about their adventures and all on kind of an equal playing field and uh i i love that i love that vibe and that's what i like and that's why uh, you know, Star Wars celebrations and all those kind of things. You and I, when asked, like, what would you be doing if it was Anaheim uh, Star Wars celebration was going on? 
checking in and heading to the hotel bar. <laughs> because that you get to lay the land, you have those fun connections and I just love that a, a about it. And that is what I had to learn about for me. Not drinking was fine, but I failed to make those connections because I would be, I don't, I don't drink. And I had one friend tell me this, this is back in my groundlings days. He's like, Hey, when you go out, want to go out for a beer after the class? I was like, I, I don't drink. And he's like, that's, that's fine. I just want to go hang out and talk with you. And I didn't, I went home. So I had to learn, I had to learn to adapt and I've become a star Wars bar fly in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all all sorts of great stuff. I, I was also a, a late uh, bloomer. We'll talk a little bit about our own uh, relationship uh, with with drink and in respecting the not drinking of it all as well. But in terms of the bars, man, I, I really uh, love a lot of what you said. I think I grew up looking at bars as these kind of sophisticated, exotic places or either, you know, kind of places for community, uh, you know, bars would show up in movies and TV shows or the cantina and they'd be kind of like scary and otherworldly. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, watched uh, Cheers constantly. And that was like this fantasy of like, oh, it's a place that isn't your home, but it is kind of your home. But it is still this like, uh, you know, meeting place of many different kinds of people. And I think as I've grown up and spent uh, a lot of times <laughs> in various mm -hmm watering holes, I think the word community just jumps to mind, you know, that it is a place where all these different people pass through um, and they're all just kind of in that one place, sharing their adventures, sharing their emotions. I love what you said about having uh, your guard down a little bit because it's the place you go to let off steam or to hang out or to celebrate. And I think when I when I get right down to it, what's fascinating about them to me to I, either go or to like watch them in Star Wars is bars are just these giant boxes of emotion, right? Everything we associate with bars, it's you. Maybe you go there because ha something great happened, and you're celebrating with your friends. Maybe you're going there because you are just fed up, and you're going to be the stereotype, and you're going to sit at the bar and you're going to nurse a whiskey because you've had it. Um, you know, maybe it really is just like nothing special happened today, and I want to just gather with my friends and you know make up weird uh, theories about what might happen in the next Star Wars movie. It's all. All of it has this little bit of extra weight of emotion. You know, it's a it's a place to find a little bit of this kind of a release of emotions of all kinds, even if it's not about the alcohol, even if it's just about being in this place uh, that isn't your home, but you're kind of invited to sit there <laughs> for a yeah. long time and just be and just kind of let it out, whatever the emotion is. Uh, gosh, it, 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 yeah, you said some great stuff there. Uh, and, and again, you know, you know, so I know I, I have some friends who are recovering alcoholics and, and, and who are totally fine going into bars and some are like, I just can't make that decision. So all, all that serious stuff, uh, it, it's, it's in everything you, you and I are saying, but that's, that's, I miss everything you're saying that community. That's, um, it, it was very key. And, and I got to admit, and we're going to talk about star Wars bars, um, I will probably go into it a little bit more, but I was scared, uh, you know, that was my frame of reference for bars. I wasn't allowed to watch Cheers growing up because in large part it was in a bar. It was probably more adult show for me as a kid. I, I, I respect that. But there was a little bit of a, no, it's a bar show. We don't do that. Because to, to this day, I'm, I'm really pulling back the curtain of my life. There's some two local bars in, in the uh, Arroyo Grande Village in my hometown. And if we walk by, my mom will still be like, oh, disgusting. And I go in there all the time. <laughs> 
when I'm visiting town and me and my friend Chris, when he visits over the holidays, we meet up there and it's a great time. Uh, I don't tell her. Um, so there you go. But I was terrified, Joseph, of the cantina. I felt like Luke. Like yeah. That, uh, you tug on an arm, you get a bad response, and then someone tries to chop off your arm. <laughs> and then your arm chopped off. I don't want that. I was scared. I was really actually scared for a while. Yeah, no, I think there is, a, we'll talk about it more as we get into the cantina, but there is something that is really captured there. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, old Ben frames it that way of like, you know, watch yourself. This place can be a little rough. And there is that little bit of like, yeah, no, some some bars are very welcoming and other bars are sort of like uh, these. This is a place for hardened people who've experienced a lot of life to hang out. People who know how to order a drink, know the magic words. And when somebody is young and naive and doesn't know those things and hasn't lived much life, uh, everyone just turns. You're just like a flashing beacon of like, oh, this person doesn't know the secret words, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, you know, there's a place in Vegas called the Double Down Saloon. I don't suggest anyone goes there unless you're <laughs> local. Uh, we went there one time because a friend of ours uh, in, in my pro wrestling community of friends what, would go there all the time. So we went there and it was like the Star Wars Cantina. And people, one guy just stopped in front of us and just was like, this place has gone to beep and was just waiting for us to fight him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> finally, it took me to my late 30s. I finally have reached the Star Wars Cantina. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I've had some Star Wars Cantina moments, including uh, a friend convinced me to do an open mic at a place, uh, oh. a neighborhood bar in the valley. Oh. And uh, it, yeah, we, uh, they didn't, some of the other people on, on the uh, open mic show did not like the content <laughs> of our stand up. And we had to, we had to run out of the back before the show is over. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, off air, please tell me the name of that bar. We'll okay. Maybe. Yeah, no, I, Anyways, yeah. Yeah, not, this, this will become uh, a <laughs> uh, Joseph, uh, drink, uh, literally uh, <laughs> podcast here. It's about Star Wars, but this is, this is also the context, uh, uh, Star Wars fans this is why it jumps off the screen and into our hearts. So, so fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you touched on it, but I did want to just touch about, you know, we talked about the, the experience of being in a bar, the community of it, alcohol or not. Um, but, you and I in real life, we both do enjoy a drink. We enjoy sometimes making jokes about drinks in real life. I think we're absolutely on the same page of like, hey, if uh, total respect for anyone who uh, chooses not to drink for absolutely any reason. Um, when my wife and I, you know, talk about cocktails a lot and she's been working more on making some mocktails that are the, you know, all the experience of it, but it's not about the alcohol. Uh, so we definitely respect that and definitely want that clear as we spend uh, the next large chunk of time talking about Star Wars aliens getting wasted. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. coming from a, a place of, of respect and, and hopefully responsibility, uh, why do you now enjoy drinking and why do you now enjoy poking fun at yourself mm -hmm. for drinking? I, I think for me... <sighs> That that little thing that alcohol can do and then can do, you know, uh, badly if, if you <laughs> follow it too, too far down the path is uh, I am very tightly wound. I'm very shy. I've recently mentioned here on Force Center, I think a couple weeks ago we talked about I'm in my head. I am so in my head and my life's in my head. And there was a little bit of starting to take a, a, a sip or a drink and, and losing a little bit of control in a good way. And again, we're trying to thread a needle here on nuanced conversation about drinking and the effects mm -hmm. of drinking. But for me, I started to 
discover parts of myself, uh, humor, connections that I wasn't making without it. So again, dangerous ground, I understand. I'm also a comic. I also see the dark side of that. Comics who can't go on stage without it. And, and I was around that a lot too. Um, and so part of me back then was like, I don't want to do that. But also just, um, so so it starts from there. And, and that's all. And that's all. And I just had to learn to make sure I, I don't lose too much of the control. And so that allowed, that's why I have the fun uh, aspect tied to it. And, and then I make the jokes and Unfortunately for some of the, there's some shows I've been on in the past where alcohol fueled the shows and people remember me for that. I don't regret them. They're fun moments and I, 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 I do it well, which is why people remember me from it. Uh, I, I, I tap into a style of humor. Maybe I don't normally exhibit. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, I don't want to be remembered for just that. Um, but <laughs> Especially when my cousin's like, oh, my daughters are watching you on YouTube. I was like, don't let them sh- too late. Um, <laughs> You got to be careful, but, um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 for me, that's for me, for me, that's where it started. I was such a kid in my head to feel now part of a larger world because a drink just helped me not worry about things and who I was. It just let me be. That's where it started to grab me. Yeah, no, I think you, you're saying a lot of great things and a lot of relatable things and, you know, that great balance of the truth of it can loosen you up and the cautionary tale of it can become a, a crutch to be loosened up yeah. um, is it's a that's a fine line to mm-hmm. weave uh, in real life and in discussing it and joking about it, all that stuff. I think for me, the alcohol was, um, I don't know, in some ways tied to coming of, of age, it, you know. I felt like when I finally started having any sort of alcohol, it was a little like, like, you know, you've taken your first sip into a larger world, right? You know, it it was such a like, that's for adults. Um, Mm -hmm. And that uh, I think when I was able to choose for myself that I wanted to understand uh, what alcohol was, that for me, it felt a little bit like a true coming of age if I get to kind of grab the reins. and then I just I, I like a lot of the uh, aesthetic uh, surrounded mm-hmm. uh, around the storytelling. I think that, you know, alcohol obviously in real life can be used uh, is, is a coping mechanism in a not great way. But there's so much great storytelling that is about people who are really at an extreme of an emotion and and alcohol is a part of that. So uh, I can't deny that for better or worse, I've grown up around that storytelling and, and around, uh, you know, quotes like you know frank sinatra saying i'm for whatever gets you through the night if it's you know religion or jim beam or whatever and like Mm -hmm. um a little bit of that uh aesthetic of it is like i i have definitely had times in my life where i have uh drank too much uh Mm -hmm. i i have stand-up stories uh about it um the watermelon shooter in particular on my friend's annual bar crawl (laughs) the watermelon shooter you got to know is a bad idea you know uh especially when it was a 17 bar bar crawl and it was all vodka drinks and then water watermelon shooter in the middle so you know uh, not great not great at all uh so i've definitely had that experience and you know nowadays i rarely get anything beyond mildly tipsy uh because that's not the experience i want even you know uh i try to space things out and i try to you know know my my limits uh but that's but i still enjoy the aesthetic of it i still enjoy kind of the idea of it and i think it for me the fact that it is kind of 
centered in this um in this bit of community um yeah yeah uh i'm sure i'll have more thoughts but uh they'll come out as we discuss uh this uh big picture uh star wars uh being all about the bars and uh sometimes there's alcohol in those bars <laughs> uh any other thoughts on real world stuff before we dive into star wars uh no it's it's uh it'll unveil too much yes <laughs> yes ready to, ready to belly up to the star wars bar Yes, let's belly up. Uh, so how do you think in Star Wars, bars, nightclubs, backwater dives, how do they add to the mythos of Star Wars? Why are they an important part of the galaxy far, far away? Well, other than just general world building and connecting it to just, uh, you know, what your local city might look like wherever you're watching and, and loving Star Wars, I think it's important because of when, when we're first introduced, it ties exactly into what you were talking about, Joseph. So it scares me as a youngster, and this is like in my teens and, and, and you know, where I'm like, I don't want to go to a bar. I, I don't know how to order a drink, but that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Speaking that bartender language is a real thing. And it is absolutely because, again, uh, you know, getting hammered at, at a high school party, is, it's a, that's, a, that's a different podcast and something I didn't, <laughs> something I didn't want to do. I had some friends who did that and had to help in the city and bad things. And uh, so I didn't want be part of that but when i finally you know embraced it a little bit even later a little bit later in my mid-20s felt oh i'm finally into the real world i'm finally taking those steps and that's luke and i'm sure you know maybe he's been in some of these places before maybe anchor had had a little pub but that that fear the wild world looking around and not sure where it is that really helped drive home that that coming of age story in star wars yeah, yeah, I think the the coming of age of the cantina in particular. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Biggs and Tank were like, <laughs> "Have you tried this space beer?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> Uncle Owen won't let me." You know. Uh, so yeah, I think this is all new to him. Uh, not just the alcohol, but the the world. Right. And I think that's the big thing that the bars starting with the cantina, and I think this tradition is going on because bars are often a place where people all sorts of different people gather like every once in a while you run into a bar that's like it's this neighborhood bar it's a bar for this community and sometimes everybody's welcome and sometimes you get the look that maybe maybe you're you're in somebody else's territory but in general many 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 bars uh, in star wars and in real life are this gathering place of all sorts of different people and i think that's what's really powerful about them in star wars is it's this small way to show a massive galaxy like uh, yeah. th that's obviously the goal of the first uh, cantina but we get that in other movies too of like you know even into really modern movies of like well you know there are only so many main characters or even secondary characters who so can only show so much a variety of alien species and in kinds of dress and uh, you know socio-political status uh, and wealth but we go to a bar and you see like oh wow, you are reminded immediately, oh, wow, that's right. This galaxy is enormous. And even like a, you know, a really well-traveled character like Han Solo could walk into a bar and go, I have no idea uh, what species that person is. I have never seen that person before, right? You know, it, it just speaks to how huge the galaxy is in such a small, intimate way. Um, and I think because of that, we, we did our episode on, you know, the realistic and the romantic in Star Wars. The bars are very realistic in a way. They're very kind of one-to-one -to, -one to the real world. And as we talk about the bars in Star Wars, we're going to talk about like 
which ones are like, what kind of real life bars are the Star Wars bars like? Mm-hmm. There's something about them that's like, yeah, no, this bar is like this kind of bar. This bar is like that kind of bar. And it's, they got music, they got drinks, they, they have a friendly server, they have a, a Wu Hair server. All those yeah. things are very real world. Um, but, but it's told with such romance. It's elevating the idea of a bar as this uh, sort of communal gathering place. Uh, where all sorts of different people from far-flung parts of the galaxy are coming together, it still has that uh, element of romance to it. So I think the bars are like a great meeting place of the realism of Star Wars and the romance of Star Wars as well. Oh, yeah, wrapped up in a in a nice drink. <laughs> wrapped up in a realism. nice <laughs> Or maybe a not-so-nice drink, because some of them look like, yeah, I know, I want to taste that. And others like, no, no, there is there's sediment in the bottom of that glass. That's and uh, I think there are definitely things floating in the yeah. glasses. That's <laughs> Shadra fan. He, whatever he wants. Uh, where, you know, she wants oh yeah. Her. Yeah. Cabe. She, she wants her drink bad. She needs yeah. it. <laughs> yep. There we go with the jokes. Um, are there any kinds of bars from the real world that you don't feel like we have seen yet in star Wars that you really want to? There could be more of that loungy side, uh, like mm. the and Canto Bite touches, I would say touches upon it a little bit, but it's 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 Vegas, it's Monte Carlo, it's it's a different feel. Um, but there's a little bit, I mean, a little bit of that in Dryden Voss's uh, situation. We're going to talk about. Uh, I mean, I, actually, I, I'd say a lot of it, but one that isn't so just dripping with problems. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't right. mind um, maybe even the high, maybe even the High Republic of them going into a bar that's uh, like, oh no, let's go in here. They got some great wine and some a cheese plate, and let's talk talk things out without any loud music blared in our ears. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of loudy vibe. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, that sounds that's great. I love that loungy vibe. Yeah, and I think I'm in the the same general uh, frame of reference. You know, I've had many different bars. Uh, that I've uh, frequented over the years from neighborhood bars to sports bars to kind of uh, pizza place taverns. Uh, there's a there's a real uh, local bar that uh, I would do children's theater at in Wisconsin and then we'd go across the street to the bar after yeah. the shows. After the shows, everybody. Um, but what I've really been enjoying uh, in Los Angeles is these kind of classy, old-school cocktail nightclub places and yeah uh the canto casino and and dryden's uh yacht the first light have an element of that but like there there's other stuff going on there so i would really love like um there's the super famous uh, oldest place in la muso and frank it's a restaurant as well but the bars you got to pretty much get reservations for the for for to sit down and eat but you can just wander in and go to the bar and they pride themselves there on we are classy, you know, these are, you know, really handcrafted uh, cocktails by friendly bar staff in, you know, these red jackets and the, you know, their big thing is, you know, we treat uh, famous people like they're everyday people and we t- treat everyday people like they're famous people. And there's always going to be somebody you can belly up to the bar with and we'll just start telling you a story um, and there, it's just steeped in history. Yeah. And that that makes me really excited to be like, what you know? What if uh, you know, we got to see somebody go to a planet and like just on the top of some mountain is 
a really old bar that was classy during the old Republic. And it's like, like Maz's place is a thousand years old. But if this one was like, you know, yep, yep. I could tell you a story about when this Sith Lord sat at that bar, (laughs) you know, that, that uh, table. And here's this uh, cocktail that was, you know, made famous, you know, right at the beginning of this Republic a thousand years ago, that kind of place would be awesome. I would love that. I I would love, yeah. Maz's castle. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it has the same overall theme, but not, doesn't connect with it right away, but uh, you, you and I both love going to the smokehouse. Uh, yes. So does your wife, Sarah, my girlfriend, Grace, uh, we, we love that spot. It's a very historic 70 year plus location where Carson goes, Sinatra goes, George Coney still pops up there. Um, but, and, and the bartender, uh, it looks like Joe Don Baker acts like Wu hair. It's just <laughs> a great combination. Uh, but yeah, just, you, you get that sense. It's more, it's not just a bar, but it's a restaurant, but the, the bar side is, is just fascinating. Um, and they shot a lot, they've shot a lot, a lot of things there, but La La Land where Ryan Gosling gets fired is, is, is on the bar side. Uh, yeah. And just knowing that for whatever it is, knowing that uh, Carson uh, took his tie off and came over here to get a drink or 10 after the tonight show, it's just something that's uh that's an intriguing. So to have the star Wars version of that. Uh, yeah. Like, and we've seen lots of interesting bartenders, but we haven't seen like the really, charming old school bartender like um the mm-hmm. yeah, muso and frank and then we'll move on from real life bar experiences it's gonna be tough for you and i but yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll try uh yeah so sarah and i went there after uh we saw rise of skywalker uh you know early in the morning in that previous screening uh with you and grace and and mark ellis and uh we just didn't want to go home so like well, we'll just sit there and you know, we had a martini and it was great. And we talked quietly about the movie. There was another Star Wars fan near us. So we talked quietly with him about the movie. And then uh, very recently, Moose and Frank had been in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, you know, one of the characters had uh, ordered a whiskey sour. And they're very different and special at Moose and Frank. And the bartender comes up to us and is like, anything else? And like, no, we're, we're good. And he's like, are you sure you don't, you know, need one of those whiskey sours because everybody comes in here now and orders a whiskey sour and we have to talk about them. We have to make them and you don't want one, do you? And like, he totally like, uh, played this game of like, it's so dumb that I do nothing all day, but make whiskey sours. You want one. Right. And like, it it was like magic. We didn't even hear ourselves order it, you know, I would love to see that kind of character, that kind of bartender, that like career bartender, yeah. Uh, that you see in those kind of places. I'd love to see that character in Star Wars. I would love it, man. Eddie at the Hollywood Improv. I walk in. He still goes, uh, rum and Coke and cheesecake. Here, here it is. <laughs> I haven't performed there in 10 years. But... Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, Moz kind of dances on some of that, but uh, a little different. All right, let's dive into the specifics. Let's start our Star Wars bar crawl. Any Star Wars bar crawl has got to start at Chalman's Cantina. Ken, is this still the bar in Star Wars? Are other bars always in the shadow of Chalman's? Absolutely. It is the bar, and it's the it's the standard on which all other Star Wars bar, bars are judged. And I think some of the bars have surpassed it, just in terms of, ah, I'd rather go there, or it looks cooler, <laughs> or things that happen in there. I, I think it's fair to say, but this is the one for some of the reasons you and I have already discussed, what it means to the story, what it made you feel, most of us. You were probably kids when you watched New Hope. And that does just drive home the fact that this world is so big and large and dangerous. So I think I always will go back to to Chalmers. 
Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think for the foreseeable future, it is the the starting point, and then you know uh, things diverge as different stories need different kinds of watering holes. But but there is a long shadow of the good old classic cantina, and then we would get to see it in Mandalorian, which and see it it's very changed from its introduction in New Hope. What kind of bar in real life is the cantina to you? The most Eisley Chalman's Cantina. What kind of real world bar is it like? Um, years ago, I was doing a little local stand up tour with my roommate. He was a headliner. I was the local. I was the opener, and we pull into a dusty, uh, dirt parking lot in Corona, California, to go at a biker bar to do comedy. We were the scheduled comic. We walked in. They're buttoned up, long sleeve shirts and jeans and dress shoes. Uh, the the music stopped. It was. Like, <laughs> Peewee trying to use a phone and everyone in that bar turned around and the bartender, um, the owner actually is a woman comes around the corner and goes, are you the comics? We go. Yeah. And she goes, guys, they're the comics. Oh and no. Everyone went and turned back around. And we ended up having a great show, weird show, but man, that is Chalmans to me. Yeah, there's a lot there that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, that there's some camaraderie and some fun, but also a little bit of fear. <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, it felt like uh, in, in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, there's a one scene where Steve Martin is, uh, Michael Caine puts him into the uh, party with a bunch of the, what is it, Australian uh, Navy men expecting him to be uh, uh, beaten up. And when he comes back, he finds Steve just entertaining the hell out of everyone. And then you find out he's been super glued to the wall. That's what it felt like. <laughs> We're having a great time, right? Don't murder me. <laughs> Where is that cage from the Blues Brothers in case you start throwing things? Yeah. All stand-up should be stand-up in a cage. That's my controversial opinion for this episode. Yeah, I, I like the cantina because it captures so much. Uh, and it, it is this very specific kind of bar in the way that it sits in Star Wars, in the way it sits in real life. It feels to me like... It is this very much like day drinking neighborhood bar. Because remember, the, the the suns are out on Tatooine. That is all hardcore day drinking that's going on in that bar. But it, it's like if you had this sort of neighborhood day drinking bar in a small town that is like right off a major freeway or yeah. just yeah. A, a small little neighborhood dive that is the closest bar to the airport. It's got that great mix that there's some of those aliens who are just like, uh, my life on Tatooine is miserable. I'm not trying to leave the planet. I'm just trying to deal. I'm going in here because I like uh, the band. Uh, I like the modal nodes. I'm talking to my friend and I'm just joking. And then there are other people in there who are like, they're spies. They're making deals. There are a ton of people who are just like, I need to get off this rock. We know that is from the story, right? Right, right? This is the place to find new work this is the place to find somebody who will get you off of this planet so there is that that it, it is a launching point where you leave this place but it also feels like stagnant like mm-hmm. a lot of those people have been sitting there in that cantina claiming they're going to leave for a long time, long time. yeah uh, i totally agree with that yeah yeah and i think that's might be what's powerful about it is from luke's perspective uh it is scary because people pick up that he's the naive guy. He immediately gets threatened just for being sort of a fresh face. Uh, I I will always believe that Ponda Baba is totally uh, three sheets to the wind. Mm. Um, mm. But but there's also like it's not just this scary, violent 
place, mm. uh, you see some of the aliens, you know, laughing and patting each other on the shoulder. Yeah. The, I love that uh, moment where we cut back to the band's second song and there's that, and everybody's <laughs> applauding because they like that song, right? There's that that spirit of Bon Ami, even though this is an intense, rough, day-drinking neighborhood bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they got their own kind of kinship going on there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it has a little bit of that. They're not just scary places. They're also this weird place of community in this strange way. And, and you can have some yeah. fun, even though they're like, oh, did somebody just uh, get their arm chopped off? <laughs> it happens. Anyway, back to our conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you and you want to get in. You want to break the code. You want to be part of the fun. Right. You want to walk in and be like, hey, everybody knows that guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite character or or kind of small background moment in Chalman's Cantina? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I am a sucker for figuring Dan in the middle of notes, but I, I got it. I got the we go to O'Hare a lot and I'm, I'm, I stay with him as just completing, completing the the feel. Uh, mm-hmm. he's the star of it for me. Uh, there's a lot going on. Look, I love Han. So I, I'd say Han might be my favorite character. There's, there's a lot going on, but, but without him and that look, yeah. it sets it up. Uh, it, it clearly affected me. Uh, you know, Dr. Evans and Ponda Baba, you know, that's, that's its own kind of, kind of, I was always fearful of that happening in a bar as a kid, but, uh, I just, that little tug and there's the, uh, but he can't be so, so mean that he doesn't serve him a drink for money, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you get the sense that uh, that Wu Her is not a mixologist, right? Like he's he's got like three things on tap: is <laughs> this the the blue liquor and the red liquor and the purple liquor, and that's what you're gonna get today, and you're gonna like it, you know? Uh, what do you, what do you look you look at the shelf? What do you what do you got? Beer. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'll have I'll have a beer. Any kind? Uh, do you have wine? Like, yeah. You want white or red or in between? Because those are the three we got. Yeah, like Wu Her's got that vibe. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think for me, I, I, I don't know why I've been talking about it a lot. Uh, Cabe, Cabe is, is a she, I always forget the, the chatter yeah. fan, but I looked it up. I just, I love that shot of, I love the chatter fan design, the strange little bat creature and just that little gimme, gimme, gimme gesture to the drink. Mm-hmm. is so great. Uh, and another character that I like to shout out is, uh, Danik Jericho. Uh, yeah. he is the guy who is smoking the pipe and, I like the different vibe that he offers to the cantina because definitely some of the characters look uh, rough or look like they're a little drunk. Or And he just look he has that like, I'm just observing things. I'm just being very calm. And the way he turns away, like everybody stops and looks at the lightsaber business, but then turns away. But his turn away is the one that sells the just, all right, well, let's just get back to what we were doing. <laughs> Absolutely love it. You need that uh, guy. Yeah, you need that person. You need the calm, the calm. You need the person at the bar that eventually the really drunk person is going to go, what's your deal? Why are you here? Why are you so calm? Yeah, totally. Uh, moving on uh, to Jabba's Palace slash Sale Barge. Now, I, I, I don't know if I can consider this a bar. I think it is probably more of a private party for extremely dangerous people, but it fits the mold. What do you think about Jabba's Palace uh, slash Sale Barge? Uh, is it worthy of a stop on our bar crawl? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be, I'd be, uh, there's a case of, I'm not sure I want to go to the palace. Though I'm obsessed with playing it on battlefront too. I love wandering the palace, but I would want to get on the barge. It feels like you're inside something, <laughs> you know, you're like, I got, I got, I got, 
sponsored into this bar. They know me. I know the password. Uh, I feel special. I feel special in this bar. Wait, what's going on? Who's on the, who's on, is there a fight happening? I better get out of here. Uh, <laughs> why is that man in black now on top of the barge? Uh, but yeah, I, I would consider it a stop there. Yeah, yeah, because clearly you need entry to Jabba's palace, and I'm sure permission to get on the barge, but it, it does feel like it's an exclusive party, you know, and I think it has that, like, ooh, I kind of want to go in there and hear the music and the gossip and, you know, maybe pick up some work if you're in that business, but it's also very much like a just, like, you know, it's not it's not Jabba's cantina. Um, and there, the sail barge, like, I, I sometimes think, like, well, Maybe if I went with a you know a bounty hunter to protect me, I'd like to just pop into uh, mm-hmm. Jabba's palace and see what it is and enjoy the music, have a weird drink, and leave. But the sail barge, the sail barge scares me. Even though it looks more fun, the sail barge is like some exclusive SDCC party on mm-hmm. a yacht, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, if I commit to going there, I'm there, uh, <laughs> and I don't know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, yeah, and and there was a point in time where like. You had to, you just felt you had to go to that yacht party. You had to. <laughs> and then, you know, as in real life, the last Comic Con turned to the people next to me and was like, eh, let's just go fight a bar downtown. <laughs> you don't need yeah. 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 But we, 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 we stepped on and we met someone later on. So yeah, I, I think that's right. You're, you're committed when you're on the barge. Yeah. So I think I, I'd, I'd be a little scared about, uh, about getting on, uh, getting on the old barge. Uh, do you have a favorite moment of the sort of partying, drinking, enjoying the music, carousing side of uh, Jabba's Palace and Sail Barge, the parts that make it bar-like? Yeah, I mean, Barge, I just can't get over that R2 scene. I just I just still love it. I think I appreciate it more uh, now. Be just the fact that R2 is serving drinks and 3PO is just like, what are you doing? And R2 is like, serving drinks, jerk. Like, what do you think? Let me do my work. I I just there's something I'm fascinated with that moment. Um, I uh, I'm also fascinated with the artwork hanging in the barge. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know because it's part of the fun of going to a bar. Like oh okay, they're going for a Tahoe Lodge vibe. All right. Here we go. <laughs> um, as far as the palace, I am fascinated by the fact that the party ends. Everyone just kind of kind of kind of kind of just falls asleep where they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you just uh, you sleep where you drop. Yeah, that's a party. Yeah, yeah. That is that's a solid one. Um, for me in the palace, uh, it, this is headcanon. It's not there. Uh, but you know when they're having the dance, they're enjoying the music. A parade of people come through trying to <laughs> rescue Han. Uh, they eventually get to the point where Luke has been dropped into the Rancor pit. And this is like the big event at the bar, right? When this happens, like, wow, twice in the last couple of days. And I love that moment where it's mostly two Gamorian guards and, uh, and Rees, um, who is, are just chanting and hollering and totally into it. And the moment where Luke takes, uh, the rancor out, they suddenly stop and do the, (laughs) (laughs) and for me, in my head canon, that is totally when you are tipsy and then something a little bit serious happens and you <laughs> suddenly sober up. <laughs> I just, I love that's I always talk about that's the shared experiences miles and miles and miles and states apart where I'm seven, eight, nine, ten going, you know, I love, I love the moment where everyone goes, huh? <laughs> and you're experiencing <laughs> the same thing. And we think it's unique because it is unique, but it's also shared and it connects us. I love that moment too. Great pull. 
Yeah, it, I, I love it so much, and I love that. Imagine them going, oh, oh geez, yeah. no, okay, uh, this is serious now. Uh, from the sail barge, it's just a weird little detail that's like very worldly. I love that Jabba seems to have this um, on the barge has uh, this large, almost like Pilsner pint glass of dark. He looks like he's drinking Guinness. It looks like Jabba is drinking Guinness, and he's just—it's just a large, you know, beer glass. It's a little bit more ornate than that, but I just love that detail that it's so human and real. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally, totally feel that there. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we, we've uh, visited a couple bars. We've gone to the cantina, and we're we're both like, yeah, we would like to hang out there. We have some trepidation about hanging out at the uh, the exclusive. Um, rented yacht party that is Jabba's sail barge of doom. Uh, we're going to move on in our bar crawl to the prequel era and the Outlander Club in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Ken, what kind of real life bar do you think the Outlander is like? The, the real life bar, it is one of those kind of super fancy. There's a line to get in. You don't know why it's really nothing more than a bar and grill and a sports bar. And I, and I'm a sports guy. I, I'll do it, but I, I don't really prefer sports bars. I actually go, just go to another bar for me, but um, there's often not a huge difference, but, um, but it's like, you got to get in and then you get in there and you're like, that, that doesn't live up to my expectations. Can we go again? <laughs> like I want to go again. And you're seeing uh, there's, there's a different uh, people are trying you know, they're putting on their best. They're looking good. It's a show off. It's a, it's a, it's a swing and blank contest going on in there. And I'm appalled, but, but it also appeals. (laughs) (laughs) I so agree with you. I feel like this is like, it's definitely a sports bar because it's, it's kind of got that vibe and it's got the big screens with the sports on it. And some people are clearly there specifically to watch the pod race and the, uh, the Nuna race. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and they're into it, uh, and there's all those high-top tables that are really about engaging with the screen, not necessarily sitting down to have a deep conversation with your friends in some darkened alcove. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a sports bar, but it's also got this vibe that when I was trying to, it's like, what? why is that familiar to me? And I realized it was from uh, working uh, in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, I worked at Kinko's for many years, and there are all these bars that were nothing fancy. They were just kind of sports bars, but they would fill up with this weird combination at about, you know, between five and eight o'clock. They would be packed to the gills with people who just got off work and are still in their suits or people who are kind of dressed up because they're going to a different party or a concert. It's got this real downtown after work before the show vibe that mm-hmm. has nothing, nothing at all to do with the quality of the place. It's just the bar near where you are right now. Yes. It's, it's, it's there, please. Yeah. It's just there. It's just like, nope, nobody's really like, Hey, uh, what I want to do tonight is, is go to the outlander. It's just, if you're nearby. Yeah. It's what we got to do. Yeah. So uh, it really feels like the outlander is that place where you, you go to, if you don't have any other choices. So that is my question to you. Would you go to the outlander club? on purpose or would you just go if your friends were going you were in the neighborhood oh totally totally i mean i i can't think of specific examples but there's a lot of that in in town and in here too with like oh we're all going out tonight where are they going here uh yeah all right i'll meet you there (laughs) okay like but we're not just gonna watch the screens we're gonna talk right right 
Yeah. yeah. And then I end up just watching the, the pot race on the screen and not talking with anybody. <laughs> uh, so in terms of what this adds to the lore of bars, um, we talked about everything kind of starting from the cantina and flowing out from there. What does uh, the vibe of the Outlander Club, what do the events at the bar kind of tell us about uh, Star Wars or about Coruscant or any of that stuff? I think it, 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 again, I'll say the surface level world building of Coruscant, that's there. There's a personal connection to this because I think I've told the story before of telling my friend Jedis are just kind of the bad guys of the galaxy and they're just, and Obi-Wan might have a drinking problem saying that in line joking a little bit of it in it before I saw Attack of the Clones. And then when Obi-Wan says, let's go get a drink, I literally turned to my friend like, see. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But it, to me, it, it's worth it could get murky. It's who do you trust? It's confusing. What's behind you? You think uh, someone's sneaking up on an Obi-Wan, but it, or is it Anakin? You don't know. And it's cut weird. And it's um, the Jedi are acknowledged, but they don't quite fit in. And what the way they're acting, it might be seem a little out of place just as much as they are. And so there's some of those big themes on on display there for me every, every time I watch the sequence. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you. I think one of the things that I've always loved in Attack of the Clones and grow to love even more is Obi-Wan. This is such a great moment of I am thinking ahead. He, You know, he's got that great line to Anakin of like, you know, the bounty hunter didn't go there and in, in there to run. They went in there to hide. And knowing that this is the best way to draw them out and just that great sort of flipping and challenging, like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> uh, and uh, everything for the Obi-Wan side of it and the, you know, the connection to Obi-Wan can't go to a bar without cutting off a limb. I love it. I love yep. it. I don't yep. care if it's a I don't care if it's Star Wars poetry. It rhymes. I love it. Yeah. Um, the actual vibe of the place, I think, is so great because there is so much in the prequels that does start to kind of build up the, the world a lot. Like mm-hmm. you can look at the canteen in the original trilogy and just go like, well, it's still kind of, we're looking at it from Luke's perspective and it's still a little mysterious. And like, this is pretty, this is a ton of world building of like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is definitely a place where some maybe criminal stuff is quietly happening, but mm-hmm. in general, it's a nice place. It's pretty, you know, bright. It doesn't look run too run down. And from what people are wearing, there's clearly some money here, right? Yeah. Um, and there's some people in some uniforms and everything. So it looks, it's not at all like a dive where desperate people go to. This is, there's a little bit of money. And then you got, you know, Alon Begano yeah. <laughs> scuttling around going like, you know, I see you've been having some fun dancing, you know, maybe you want to try a little something more, you know, like he's, mm. uh, you know, it's, it, it, it you definitely can play into the like, this is, it's a very different kind of uh scum of hive and uh, you know hive of scum and villainy right yeah and, and oddly enough at the end of the day i might rather stick with shamans <laughs> <laughs> but there's more realness in shaman's cantina uh, and there's a little bit more puffing of the chest and putting on the ritz and i'm all for that every now and then who doesn't love dressing up and having some fun but it's not even the class or even the the faux class uh, of some of the stuff we were talking about earlier this is just this is posturing. A lot of posturing going on here. A lot of things. A lot of like, you want to go uh, into the bathroom for a bump of cocaine type of things with Elon Begano. Like, just like, what's going on here? I want to go with the true scum and just sit in a corner quietly and drink while I figure Dan plays. You know, there's that's, yeah. my, that's my attachment to it. No, I like that. That honesty of like, I am not doing great and I need a drink and to listen to some Jizz Whalen tunes. And this is a little bit more like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the Outlander Club to 
to be seen. I'm going to, you know, the hollow watching. That's that's one of those moments oh, yeah. in the prequels that's like, that's very real world. Like we're talking about sports bar, but they're like, yeah, they're just, I mean, they're just watching sports on the big screen. And then I think it's that that line uh, when Anakin says, get, get back to your drinks, you know, Jedi mm-hmm. business. Yeah. It's like it definitely seems like something that doesn't happen that often, but yeah. is like, mm, okay, well, all right. Didn't expect that, but I, I've got a new story to tell about something I saw at the Outlander Club, you know? All right. Yeah, going to be seen. Going to be seen. There's something about, uh, and I get it. And I get it. No, no judgment, but just like, yeah, looking around, going, I know what this is. I want to go back to my spot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have a favorite character in the Outlander Club? Um. All right. Yeah. All right, sir. You want to ask me this question? <laughs> I had. To, I did have to confirm the name. Um, and and you and I don't know. And you and I are joking off air that we might. We'll see. We'll see, sir, if it's the same name. Because I just looked up a name too. I think it. I think it might be. <laughs> I'm going with a Giranirate. Oh wow! No, it isn't. Okay. Okay. What is yours, sir? Let's put the cards on the table. Uh, mine is Hade Gofe. But they're hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a just a terrible '80s sitcom. Like yeah. we walk into the bar, like which girl do you like? And that is why. So a gear and I right is part of if you you know in canon and legends there's a lot of legend stuff as one would imagine uh, and her name's reversed it's like Nyrate a gear but a gear and I right was part of the zealots of Susan uh, which is a like a weird <laughs> religious thing and, and she's there drinking and of all the patrons she's dressed the least all right so I'm not here to celebrate uh, you know a woman dressed the least in a bar okay I want everyone to know that but when I saw this movie in 2002 the first thing I saw when you really kind of pay attention to her. She's in like fishnet kind of leggings and a thong. And I was like, did we just get butt in Star Wars? <laughs> What's going on there? You know, and look, this is the time, you know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, they're on top of the pops, top of the world, different time, uh, different looks. And this looked like I would just walked into a bar in Hollywood in 2002. <laughs> and so I just, she's always uh, stuck out to me. I never not see her. And she's with that group. They're all kind of, it's like a ladies night out there. You can find some lists in, in Wikipedia if you want. Um, but uh, yeah, and, 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 and the, she is called a weak-minded individual in the club and attempted to uh, to uh, uh, recruit some members of the club. It's like really weird. She, and, and that she has a tattoo over her navel, which is like a symbol of the Zealots of Susan. As always with Star Wars, there's a lot there. But it just, I mean, I, I've just always been blown away. Like, all right, they just kind of were like, this is a bar, people dressing sexy, showing off for everyone, posturing, having some fun, no harm, no foul. And it's just, it's the, I see it every time. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like you get the vibe that these people, this is a group of friends, you know, who met at, you know, whatever the Republic version is of the Academy on Coruscant. Yeah. Now, now one of them's a journalist. Now one of them works in the, the Senate offices and they're just going out for yep. a night on the town together, right? Yep. And God bless them. And there comes Obi-Wan and Anakin. You know? Yeah. And near it, Ajira's, Ajira's, uh, man, her hair. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's, uh, it's almost a Hunger Games style, like up or, or, you know, uh, uh, Whoville, like she walks in Whoville. <laughs> up. And what makes sense is like, George is like, Oh, this is what, what would the, what would the night, uh, what would the nightlife be on this planet? It does. Yeah. Start. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, hearing that there was going to be the bar and really excited for all the aliens and then, uh, being intrigued that, Ooh, there definitely are aliens, 
but there are a lot of humans just in you know exotic spaceware uh, mm-hmm. was really uh, fascinating to me. Um, yes, and the the person that my eye has always gone to uh, because uh, I, I think um, the, yeah the, she is attractive. There's uh, no denying that, but it's also what she actually does in the scene. Yes. Uh, Hade Gofey. Uh, let's see. It says uh, she doesn't even have a canon or legends tab. It's just, it's just who knows. Just uh, a female human and a patron of the Outlander Club on Coruscant. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, she's played by Australian actress and model Fiona Johnson, who was yeah. uncredited in the film. She's also notable for her role as the woman in the red dress in the 1999 science fiction film The Matrix, which I did not know until right now. Uh, but I, I like, I always liked her because. A lot of the people have kind of weird space hair. She's got weird space hair, but it's got this very 40s, 50s vibe with that little, you know, big mm-hmm. front curled bang. But the big thing is, I, I I love the weird detail that people are checking out. Many people are checking out Anakin. Yeah. And she's right at the end of that tracking shot and just really gives him a, a very big uh <laughs> Up and down lookout. She she yeah. kicks the tires with her eyes, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Lead, uh, the, she's the uh, leader of the Hayden Christensen fan club that uh, would spring up after this movie. Uh, she's right there, and it's uh, and it's so realistic, and it's so you were talking about uh, Chalmans and realistic fears. Well, here's the other side of it. This is the bar becomes a little bit of a meat market at this moment for Hayden for for Anakin, really, uh, and I love it. It does stand out too. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. And in it's it shows something about Obi-Wan. He's like, Yeah, no, I've been in a million of these places. I know how to, you know, work this situation to my advantage. And Anakin's just kind of in there yelling about Jedi business and does not seem even remotely aware that what seems like half of the clientele are like, hot damn, look at that yeah. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's uh um you know, he's he's still uh, Padme. He's got he's got Padme on the heart. He is a one-woman Padawan, right? Yes, yes he is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the the Outlander Club is, I think, this a great big step into experimenting with showing different kinds of bars and nightlife, and I'm very happy to have visited on our bar crawl. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to hydrate, as you should always do, and then we're going to finish our bar crawl on the other side. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. And we 
are back for part two of our bar crawl through the stars, through the stars of war. In fact, uh, we've been to Chalman's Cantina. We made the dubious choice to jump on Java's sail barge. It didn't work out well for us. Uh, we had some uh, kind of upscale drinks and saw some sports at the Oatlander Club and some lightsaber violence. And now we are ready to visit a, a place that really gets uh, quite good Yelp reviews. We are going to Maz Kanata's castle. Uh, Ken, what kind of bar is Moscanada's Castle? It is a, it is a Chalmers for a new era. It is <laughs> a, a watering hole, a collection of stories and experiences that we even we don't know yet. We don't know all of them yet, uh, and and fortunately the bar is closed. But we have <laughs> generations of stories to hear from there, and that's what I that's what I love establishing establishing uh, Maz being that old and this cantina or this bar, this castle being around. Yeah, it could show up and fit quite well into any story. I, I'm hoping High Republic. I'd love to get some uh, Moz content during the High Republic era. Yoda, bellying up to the bar. For a drink. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think it represents. A new era, but old stories. Yeah, new era, old stories. That's great. Yeah, the been there forever place is really good. It, it does actually absolutely have some, uh, you know, rhythms with Chalmans. Han gives a, a similar kind of... You know, uh, don't be freaked out by it. You know, anything uh, kind of sets it up for the, like that, and it, it's got the the montage and the tracking shots of all the different aliens at kind of different states of mm-hmm. doing crime, laughing with friends, <laughs> just kind of in their drinks, listening to the music, all that stuff. But it is different too because it's it, it seems to be like that. That's why people come to Taco Donna, unless we have anything else in the the you know canon eventually mm-hmm. but like it's it's a it's a weird like destination bar on like uh chalman's which is like well you're stuck on tatooine anyway might as well drink here yeah and it's also strikes me it has, it has a lot of purposes it's moss's lair it's her castle it's her home um but she obviously doesn't stick around uh all the time she's got other things she's got going on but it, it, so there's a level of danger here but there's also a level of business being done here you know you need a ride to the outer rim ah there you go uh, the red corsair in the corner he's your guy like there's a lot of that and there's probably not a lot of great things going on so it doesn't quite have that muso and frank's energy you and i were talking about mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so sat here. It, 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 things happen there. It's a pirate lair to me as well. So, um, but I definitely would want to get a drink there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do, is it like any kind of earth bar? Can you relate it to any earth bar in your mind? Oh, man. That, yeah. Uh, there, There's a layer of it. This, this sounds too cynical for like force awakens or thing like, but like there's sometimes in LA and I'm sure every city, obviously we're not, not, not just LA, but like, Oh, have you been to villains tavern? What's that? Oh, it's a bar. And the theme is villains. Like there's a place <laughs> in LA and I've only been there once. And it was on a rainy nights on fourth street, in downtown LA. And I got lost for 30 minutes trying to find the damn place. Um, but when you get there, you know, it's tried for this kind of vibe. It's tried for, we're pirates in this world and we're all meeting here for a drink. Arr, but it's a real bar. It's not, a theme <laughs> bar. it's not Disneyland. So Maz's castle to me has that. They definitely were like, Hey, Chalmers, let's do it. Let's do it a little bit different, maybe even a little bit bigger, but it's the same vibe. So all of it's there. And I do love Maz's castle. I really do. So I don't want anyone to think I'm sounding cynical, but that's what it reminds me. 
You, so it's it's like a theme bar, but sincere. Yeah, it's a sincere theme. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the closest I can get to is it. It is like um, a massive hotel bar, right? Because it's just kind of like the bar. Oh, yeah, seems to be like the the base of this castle, and like we know she's got weird storage. She, you know, it sounds like definitely some people stay there for a while, and you know, run around in Battlefront. There's all sorts of uh, rooms upstairs, uh, but it's got that vibe of like kind of. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, Roosevelt Hotel in, in Los Angeles, mm, where yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a big hotel and it's a destination, but down at the base of it, there's just all these different bars of all types. And Maz, it's one one big bar, but it's not. It, so it's got a little bit of that vibe, but it's like it's a hotel bar on like some remote island right where you go if you don't want to be found there's yeah. nowhere else to stay <laughs> there's nowhere else to eat or drink and you absolutely could come there just because you uh need some information or you're hiding out or you need transport or you need you know a, a place away from watching eyes to do a criminal deal but it's also got that vibe of just like some random people could have like a tourist book and they could want to get it stamped <laughs> yeah. at this exotic place, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people go, Oh, is, it, is this the bar? Is this the bar? Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and there's, there's nowhere else to stay and there's nothing else to do. It's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beautiful lake and uh, day drinking. Got it. Got it. Can't be all that bad. Yeah, I, you were touching on how it's different from Chalman's and, and how it adds to the general bar lore in Star Wars. Uh, the fact that it's its own castle, it's, uh, you yeah. know, Maz's pirate hangout and maybe her giant house <laughs> Yeah, uh, right. makes it different. Uh, but I think for me, it's also, there's something about it that it is. It's bigger and it's friendlier. Like, yeah, I, I think it's one of those, it's this great idea of, it's a lot of the same clientele as the cantina and a lot of it is stated to be the same motivation of somewhere to hide out or get a ride off this rock or, you know, to do a crime, all those kind of things. But there's something about it. I think because it's Maz yeah. that it's also a place to go to just bend the super wise bartender's ear, right? You could go there just because you're, you're, you can't decide about a career change. <laughs> and if you've met Moz and if you feel like if you got the nod from Moz that you can go there and ask her a question, yeah. you could maybe do that here. And I don't get any of that vibe <laughs> from no. Chalmans, right? Yeah. And, and the Battlefront 2 level when you're there and you're hawing with a beard and there's a lot of the a lot of stories being told, a lot of things being done, a lot of things being accomplished. I think all of that, that vibe comes from, from Moz herself. I get the sense that... Han has probably done some things similar to shooting Greedo in here, and Maz wasn't happy. He couldn't just flip a coin and say sorry about the mess and get away with it. It all fuels from uh, flows down and, and is fueled by her. And, and and to me, when First Order attacks those beasts, uh, everyone there is ready to defend it. Yeah, you know, in Shalman's the Empire was something to just kind of well, there they are. Um, first Order again, First Order just straight out attacking the place. I know it's different, but you know what I mean? Like they're rallied around defending this pub. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there, there's like a, yeah, there, we've talked about that sense of community in the cantina because that's where people happen to hang out. But mm -hmm. there's a real, a much stronger sense of community. Like, because people yeah. 
spend a long time there, it feels like, uh, in, in Maz's castle. And because it's Maz, you know, the owner makes the place and she's made a, a slightly friendlier uh, hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to cross her, uh, you know, unless apparently it's a union dispute. But, you know, you get the sense that even if you made a mess, someone would be like, hey, 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 don't let Maz see that, man. Yeah. Don't let Maz see that. Because she'll like- make you do a job for her and yeah. you'll learn a life lesson, too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> So do you have a favorite character or moment? There are a lot of great uh, designs. There's a lot of great plot moments, obviously, with big characters. Uh, but we've got our background weirdos, too. Yeah. What's your favorite? What do you gravitate toward? Um, I, 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 you and I both love uh, Sedona Thano and Qui-Gold, so I'll definitely have to include them. I, I've always been just oddly obsessed with, with Grumgar and Bazinatel. Yeah, um, just the the he's just and I finally got I, I finally after years picked up the Lego Force Awakens again. I'd played it only to a certain point and I was playing it on a stream the other day and I finally got the Maz's castle. And who's guarding the front is Grumgar. He's out there taking a nap and you have to get around them. And it's this big Lego minifigure of Grumgar. And it's awesome. So I don't know. I just always go to Grumgar and, and Bazine, who's, you know, she's she's on a job. She's working. She's clued in. She's she's skilled. She's dangerous. And uh he is too, probably in a different way. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I love the combination of the two, where he he looks like a bouncer, right? And he, mm-hmm. you look at him and you go like, "There's no question how he is deadly because if he looks at me too fast, he might crush me." Like he's yeah, huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and then that contrast of you know Bazine with that you know great what is it battle weave armor uh, and just that that uh, look of. Yeah. intelligence right of you don't know mm-hmm. what she's gonna do next and that watchful eye and oh man oh, yeah. they're oh, yeah. great the, the little finger gloves <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah just the i need i only need gloves for the tips of my fingers yeah, yeah, yeah. why who knows oh. there's a story at the bar yeah and their counterpoint uh ga uh, 97 i believe mm-hmm. um who uh reports uh is part of 3po's uh spy ring of droids right uh, I absolutely love his very, very weird look. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and his weird squeaking. Yeah, and I love that the callback to uh, kind of just the found object design that he has basically mm-hmm. just like a giant old-timey crooner microphone for a face. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, yeah, fits with, yeah. Chomping. Yeah. And uh, I, always, I always forget to shout out Anna, Anna Brewster is the uh, the actor that portrayed uh, Bazine Natal. Uh, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, two others for me. One is, you know, you only really get it from reading some of the expanded stuff. But uh, I love that there's the cook, the Strono cookie tugs. Uh, oh, yeah. And you see him just kind of plodding around in the background. And I love that. Uh, just like, yeah, just pumping out food for all these people, you know, 24-7 is just a great bit of sort of realism. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, that's uh, that's a... That's a kitchen with some, uh, you know, it's got some variety. They got to cook up uh, stuff for people all around the galaxy and make it good. So that's that's probably a five-star restaurant and a two-star bar. Yeah, like I think the cantina maybe has some, you know, ancient space pretzels and some nachos that will make you sick. <laughs> but like, but Maz has got some exotic spices and she keeps a little bit of this liquor for this person, right? You know, you get the sense that it's a little nicer kitchen. Completely. Totally. Yeah. Last one for me uh, is I do like that. I think it's a real successful effort to like do that same thing of like, let's really show lots of different creatures. Uh, I like that we have montage as well as the tracking shot. And I really love that the tracking shot, the thing that really bringing us into this world is the Hask thug. Just just crouched, uh, topless, furry guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
is a great way to say like, okay, you know, um, maybe, maybe this is not going to pass uh, health and safety standards. There's a topless hairy guy <laughs> running through the bar and that's our introduction. Yes. Uh, so I take it you and I would both go to Maz Kanata's castle for a drink. Yeah. Oh, totally. Cause it, it has a little bit of the, the grime of Chalmans, but the gloss of the Outlander club and I'd feel safe, but also could brag like I was tougher than I am. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great place to claim that you were tough because Maz would look out for us. (laughs) Yeah, or or smack you upside the head if you messed up and I'd be afraid of Maz. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, very good one. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Canto Casino on Cantonica. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, obviously, uh, Ryan Johnson himself has said Monte Carlo. I know you've spent a lot of time in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything else that it reminds you of? Does it remind you of a specific spot you've been in Vegas? What real life stuff does the casino bring to mind for you? Well, the, 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 in, uh, what, God, what is the name of it? I've only been in there once and it was, uh, the, the trip you and I were when we're in Vegas together for a convention, but we yeah. traveled and you, you think it's a, some car issues, a car tire. You had to be, ch- you had to stop <laughs> and delay yourself three, four hours getting out of town. And I left early and I went to pick up my friend and she was staying at the SLC casino, which is where the Sahara used to be, I believe. Okay. And it had that Canto bite kind of, we're new, but we're old school. We got a lot of white, stark white themes going on in here. It's spacey there. And I, I, it had, it uh, was before Canto bite. It was like 2015 or something that we were out there. It was after Force Awakens. Mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think about that one often. Cause I, you know, I love uh, Caesar's Palace. There's a little bit of that vibe when you're on the casino floor. Uh, a lot of great people watching. A lot of people dressed to the nine. Caesar's Palace has a lot of clubs where people try to, you know, it, it feels like the Outlander Club, but but the history they they want the history of old Vegas, but it's just not there. Uh, <laughs> so there's that there. But but can't buy, yeah, Monte Carlo's. I've never been there, so that's definitely the direct thing. But just going around, you know, I could probably just go casino by casino. We don't want to do that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it remind. I, I think often when I see it, it just reminds me of the. I think it's the SLC Casino. Might have changed hands already. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally my association with it. Having you know not been to Monte Carlo yet, I'll find a way to go. Uh, but yeah, it d- definitely looks like uh, high end Vegas, not just mm. the like slot machines in the front, but the like yeah. slightly fancier place uh, in the back. Um, yeah. What do you think this one adds to the general lore of Star Wars and the, in the lore of uh, drinking holes in Star Wars? Obviously, this isn't just a drinking hole. They want mm-hmm. you to drink, so they you spend money at the casino, uh, just like Las Vegas. I'm sure Monte Carlo. Uh, but but what do you think this this uh, this location I, adds? I think it accomplishes exactly what was promised by Ryan. Even though I have always said, like I would have I would have taken more of it in the movie. Uh, you kind of swing through real quick. And there's some stuff there that even maybe is my least favorite in a movie I love. But but the but the presence of it in Cantonic itself uh, really just does what Ryan wanted to do. It shows us the upper crust, shows us the other side, shows us that we we've been in Shamans, we've been in Maz's Castle. We this is the other side of it. This is the other uh, group of people who who are the upper crust, They're not just pretending, but they are posturing uh, and they are making deals, and they probably could be even considered. More dangerous than anything uh, we've seen before in Star Wars bars or hangout spots. So I think it worked. And I'll tell you, what, I love the you know the, the the director in the Jedi documentary. We love it's great. I, I watch it often. Quite frankly, I just love putting it on. Uh, when Michael Kaplan, who does an amazing job with all these movies, the costume designer, when he when he's fighting Ryan on that a little bit, I get I get a little upset at him. 
Well, he's like, we've never seen this before in Star Wars. I'm like, well, then do it. Then do it. But you know, <laughs> finds a better leader than uh, I and gets it out of him and, and succeeds. Uh, great. Um, Grace and I love that shot. When we watched Last Jedi, uh, she really loves that, just that big, long tracking shot. And just, I, I love the games, the sounds. Place the bats, place the bats, hey, I got all that. And, and I know it's an homage to a classic shot, uh, a classic film. But I just, I just love that. I love that it's in Star Wars. So that, to me, Ryan really succeeds with that, even if there's some things in the sequence I don't like as much as the other parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. I really love that we'd get to see all of these different people in different conditions in the galaxy from really down and out in the cantina to I feel like um Outlander Club is real like Coruscant middle class, right? Those people aren't insanely wealthy, uh but they're getting by and they're they're shooting towards making Canto bite money, right? And you get the sense that everybody in Canto bite, some people are like I understand the concept that others work for money. I don't know. I've been, you know, a space duke for, you know, yeah. seven <laughs> generations. And, you yeah. know, I guess other people do work things. Like, it mm-hmm. it really has that otherworldly level of wealth uh, that I, I really enjoy. And it feels like the casino is designed to pander to that. Designed to be like, mm-hmm. this is for people who deserve to feel special and exclusive all the time. And we're going to try to make you feel that way. And then it does feel like it seems like there's a couple of people who like, you know, obviously it's open to everybody because uh, they don't stop Finn and Rose at the door. Uh, mm-hmm. And you get a, a couple of the aliens feel like maybe they're, you know, scooting by. But most of them are yeah. so upper crust and elegant is really interesting. Yeah. Perfect spot for slow and low to be upset about that beach parking. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then slow and low probably uh, comes through all the time, but probably can't afford a drink there. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So do you have favorite characters or moments in uh, in the Canto Casino? Uh, I do. Oh, my gosh. I'm drawing the blank. I don't want to have to uh, hear you click clack my keyboards. Uh, Mark Hamill's character, the one he voices. Dabusque. Dabusque. I uh, just adore. I just love it. I, I Even in that brief second, Hamill's having fun uh, doing that. And I fall for the uh, he thinks BB-8's a, a slot machine every time. I, I love it. <laughs> I just yeah. love it. Yeah. Do you like seeing the like straight up no ambiguity? Dabusque seems hammered, right? That that's a drunk alien. Finally, I feel seen in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> a big important representation episode. Yeah, there I finally am seen. No, uh, yeah, no, I do, I do like it. We don't see it often, much like seeing uh, Star Wars butt in the Outlander Club. Now we see hammered. Star Wars hammered. I loved it. The bars bring us everything from butts everything. to intoxication. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot that I love. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'll say a, a slightly critical thing. I love the tracking shot. It's really cool by itself, but I think in terms of just feeling the vibe and feeling the place, there's a power from having that montage too. And that's why mm-hmm. I love in Force Awakens that we've got a cool tracking shot to lead us in, but then we montage around to different aliens. Mm-hmm. And in one of the deleted scenes, we've got the montage as well as the tracking shot. And I really wish the montage had stayed in the film because it gives you a chance to really drink in each yeah. individual, you know, exotic, interesting alien or human with, uh, you know, bizarre dress and bizarre hair uh, a little bit more. Um, yeah. And despite that, you know, we, we did a lot of our databank brawl episodes pulling from the cans, uh, the Canto Casino. I really like the SE8 waiter droids. You know, um, in, in a galaxy that can have droids to do lots of things, being waiters really makes sense. And they yeah. the, uh, they look very elegant, but still just kind of like protocol droids that wouldn't get in the way. So I like that. 
Uh, they look perfect for like the level of affluence there. I like Ubla Mulbro. Uh, it, she's a little bit over the top, but I like her weird yeah. floating dog. Yes. Uh, that goes by very, very fast when you're tracking through. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ndabuske is a great pick, but uh, Nieper's pan pick is one of the yeah. weirdest Star Wars designs. I like the backstory that he's a private investigator, but the big eyes, the constantly open mouth, the teeth, and <laughs> kind of constant scream. <laughs> yeah. And he is in the tracking shot, just hanging out, looking like he's always screaming. Yep. Well, I was going to say Nieper's fan pick's a, a favorite of mine, really, quite frankly, only because of the databank brawl episode. <laughs> so it counts, but it, it's a different a different angle on it. But yeah, Nieper's great. Yeah, yeah. A lot to be seen if you, if you uh, push pause in the old Canto Casino scene. Would you want to go there? I. This is like first on my list. Oh, really? Uh, I, you know, you know, I love Vegas. And so, yeah, you know, we keep saying Monte Carlo different. Yeah, I'd love to be in a Bond movie as well. Um, you know, I'm not so much for the father air racing or anything like that, but just, you know, I mean, you literally know you've been not in bars, but you've also been with me in casinos. I just love it. I just love sliding around with the drink, not so involved, but completely observing everything around me and then finding a slot machine that I love that I lose money on. Um, yeah, I just it it it, it is the little bit later in life version of what you and I were talking about Chalmans of like, you feel connected to the larger world ordering your first drink at a bar, you know, uh, or your first, the first time you said something, the bartender wasn't mad at you for me. It was a whiskey, a go-go knowing what kind of weird drink to order. Um, but, for, but later on when I started really going to Vegas and Vegas isn't for everybody and, and I totally get it. I love going. And I just remember when I kind of realized, Oh, I have a handle on this city, this, this much talked about, much written, much filmed city. I have a handle on how to how to do things here. And I love it. And I just, for what, that's not true, but it's made me feel like I was more advanced and, you know, higher class than I ever would be or wanted to be. But you know what I mean? And so I feel I'd want to go to Canto Bite. I wouldn't want to be the out-of-touch upper crust, but I'd want to pretend for a weekend. Yeah, no, I like that. And it does seem open to that. It, it does feel like the place where you could... Uh, put on your nicest uh, space tux, right? And feel like you are stepping into this large world. And this is the bar that I feel like I could go up to the uh, bar and say, I want this very specific cocktail with these very specific ingredients and do the pedantic James Bond Ian Fleming order of like, and then you need to let it sit and you have to shake it and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it seems like you could do that there. And, and you're right. There is this strange uh, coming of age that, that you and I share of that feeling of like uh, being confident to go. I know the lingo. I know what I want. And I'm not I'm not going to feel like Luke Skywalker anymore. I'm wearing a nice space tux. I know where I am. I know what I want and I can communicate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A good power. All right. So we got some more bars to visit. So let's keep rolling along. We got Dryden's party on the first light. Mm. Uh, again, I would argue that this is more of a private party, but it has definitely got uh, a vibe of a bar. What's its uh, what's its real life Earth counterpart? Uh, Dryden's party on the first light. It is every exclusive Comic Con party that <laughs> I somehow been invited or tricked my way into. Uh, you want to be there? You talk about it you, every year. You look forward to it. You get there and you're kind of disgusted, but you're having fun. And there's always a level of, should we be here? Uh, yeah, 
and, and that the that the people not on the barge are probably having more fun than we are. So, but yet you wouldn't trade your spot for all the world. So there's a little bit of that for me. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Exclusive. Yeah, very exclusive. This is yeah. I was gonna say like this is the private nightclub, right? That uh, that you get. You have to get an invite not only to the club, but you have to be told which planet it's going to be on tonight. <laughs> yeah, and some people have a handle on it. Our, our pal Darina, she's the one who's got the in to every party. And you don't know how, and if she doesn't, she'll find a way. And it's worked many, many times. And you look around, you're like, wow, <laughs> oh, well, there's Lawrence Kasdan getting tri tip. We've made it. But you really, have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. But you're right. Darina could get us into the the first light. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I went. I had a, one great night that I loved of going to hopping from party to party at Comic Con, and going to lots of different kinds of parties. And one of the first ones was, uh, you know, I went with a friend I will not name uh, to a network place that I will not name, and it was very first light. It was fancy. People were walking around with like nice uh, hors d'oeuvres, but it was fake it was it was for the exchange of power you know people who kind of held themselves as i i decide the life and death of the television you watch are kind of floating around and literally doing the not checking you out to see if you're attractive checking you out to see like do you matter and then floating on right just the quick look do you matter no i don't recognize that person doesn't matter uh and that's what i really uh like about the first light is it's elegant. It's aesthetically just beautiful. I think it, it might be my aesthetically favorite uh, drinking place in all of Star Wars, but it's got that feel that it looks like we're just having a party, but this is for powerful, possibly brutal people to exchange favors. Like that's what this is for. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I always hear about those parties of, of like, oh, I get all all my work for the next year at those Comic Con parties. I'm like, I, what? How? I've never been offered in any anything. But yeah, yeah. What, what rooms? My I, I need to get into Dryden's uh, Dryden Voss's room. That the governor went in. Did he ever come out? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's. I love that description. Yeah, and that might be one of my favorite parts. That looks like definitely there are just some people who got invited to the party and some hanger-ons and and all that. Uh, but it looks like there's some high-level gangsters, and then I love that we see the Imperials. And it's like, oh yeah, are you just hanging out or are you facilitating some you know horrific deal? Yeah, you know, like, are you you're selling access to something on one of the planets you control to a gangster to you know do something awful. Yeah, not a good place, you know. Again, which is why it's it's more of a private party, not a bar. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have favorite characters or moments uh, on Dryden's uh, first light party? I mean, I mean, moments. Chewy, double fisted, a drink <laughs> is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Um, so, I like a lot of that there. I mean, yeah, you know, I, there's. I'll, I'll leave the one that <laughs> to you, um, but uh, even even. Kira kind of floating around this, um, you know, and looking and looking great and looking beautiful, but that, that, that's on the surface and hides the darkness that's going on within her and within this place. You know, that's just a good representation of what it is. And Han being such the outsider, it is to me a little bit of, um, you see now he, he's so calm and cool and collected and shooting first or second doesn't matter in Chalmans, but it began here where he's so out of place. <laughs> so just uh, act cool. I can't, what's that? What do I do? Hey, Kira, shut up. Like it's, you see it. I, I connect it. I connect with that. 
Yeah, no, it, it is really great. And you get that that continuing, like, that's such a great thread of uh, mentors giving wisdom to the younger people as they approach bars from, you know, Obi-Wan to Luke, Obi-Wan to Anakin, uh, now Beckett to Han. Like, nobody here likes you. They're not your friends. You don't belong here. Look down. Yeah, I mean, even going to Han walking into Masa's castle, uh, just don't say anything. Oh, that, right. to, to this moment, to the, he's walking in saying everything. <laughs> Yeah, don't look at any of it. You know, don't be startled by any of it. Yeah, that's that's really really great. Uh, there's so many favorite moments in here. Uh, yeah, I have to uh, mention my beloved uh, Lulilo Primak, uh, aka Vat Weirdo, uh, the upside down singing frog. How could you not love that? Uh, Aridia Ventofoli, uh, the his singing partner there. I, I love. They really sell right away that this is this has a tie all the way back to a New Hope in the cantina of like. There's music, there's entertainment, we're having a party, and it's a party masking uh, all of these basically brutal business dealings, you know, and we get that with uh, even uh, Kira saying to Otilly, have you been attentive to Doc Ondor, that that great uh, connection there. But a couple of the other things that I really like, one of them is preceding the Chewy double fisting it of Han trying to be charming and fit in and he's got this very <laughs> backwater kind of funny joke of of cures being all class and like what should we drink to and he's like let's drink two and see where it goes it's like it's almost a dad joke but it works so well because he's trying to show like i'm charming i'm hipping with it you know i'm not scared blankless here yeah 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 uh and then the, my last thing uh, is I, I, it's not in the visual, the character's not in the visual dictionary. I don't know the character's name. There's an angry little rat bat looking guy who's like basically sitting on the table with the hors d'oeuvres loudly mm. eating a cracker. And I yeah. love that little rat bat guy. <laughs> little rat bat guy. <laughs> little angry guy on the cheese plate. What's not to love? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. If, if I could, you know, actually walk right up to a cheese plate, you know, and, and eat cheese the size of my head. I, I'd be happy. I'd That'd be, be happy with that. So would we go to this party? I mean, I've, I've been to them, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this also reminds me a lot of the, when I was in public safety, I'd have to go to a lot of these uh, political charity events. And it had the same vibe. We're all having rubbery chicken. There's some bad deals going on here. Um, yeah. So I, I would go, I would go, I would go again. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to. I'd be waiting. I, I think I'd be Han early on, and then now I'd be like, "Can we? Can we go to uh, the lodge? Can we head to the head to the lodge?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would. I would endure the uh, the danger and perhaps the uh, scary people uh, pretending to be nice in order to hear the good music, and then I would get out of there to go to the lodge, as you said, which is where we're bar crawling to next. We're going to the lodge on Vandor. Uh, what kind of real life bar does the lodge feel like to you? It, I mean, I consider this to be one of the more dangerous ones, but, but I think if you, if you knew the right people and you knew your way around, you know, if you were the comics showing up to perform, you'd be okay. So I think it it is, it is that um, not quite biker bar, um, but it is as a group of people that, know each other enough not to trust each other, but they're okay with it. Uh, I can't think of any super, super real world example. Um, but, you know, uh, it is that, uh, are you heading to the lodge? Maybe, maybe, maybe not tonight. Maybe not you. 
Yeah, yeah. I I really like it because it's kind of remote. And I think it is like this. Um, it's like a ski resort where everybody knows you're not actually going to ski that weekend. There's actually not been skiing here for for a long time. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of like a resort that is. You know, anybody, again, anybody can go, but it is probably run by gangsters. Uh, the mm-hmm. famous Rat Pack thing uh, where the Rat Pack was asked slash made to do a concert at Sam Giancana, the Gangsters Club, in exchange for stuff. <laughs> and it's like, not even, you know, it's pretty well documented. And on the recording, Steen Martin makes jokes about it. So uh, it's yeah. got a little bit of that vibe of like, it's a resort, but mm-hmm. it's not. But everybody knows what's going on here, you know? Everybody really does know your name, and that's not good. (laughs) You don't want everybody to know your name. Yeah, there's so much uh, uh, going on here, right, between the uh, droid fighting and actually getting to see the gambling room. What to you does it add, does the Lodge add to the lore of Star Wars and bars? Um, It... it, uh it, it builds a little bit on the Chalmans thing and, and it's tied into like Han's growth. This is now, this is perhaps the real world. Uh, Dryden's as a dangerous world that he's, he's wanting to be in. This is a little bit more where he's going to be in. And so it, it's part of him. You know, he's, he's, he's obviously a little jealous of Lando, but he starts to find himself here. Uh, the game playing. Uh, he finds that he belongs. He is a little, uh, you know, scrum rat out in the galaxy but he starts connecting with this, which is why it makes sense that Han, who wants to go save Kira or wants to find who he is, picks up some of this. He's gone through the train uh, situation. You know, that's a loss. Here's what your life lifestyle could lead to, some loss and some bigger lessons to learn. But this is where he starts going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like this. Smuggler, scoundrel, pirate. I can do this. I like this. This connects with me. Right or wrong, it does. And I think it kind of jumps out from this point. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think that he is like he's been put in uncomfortable positions. He didn't like being with the the Empire. He didn't. He's he's out of. He, he did only okay on the train job. <laughs> yeah. He does. He's out of place uh, on the first light. But the Lodge is. Yeah, he he's like I, I know this language. I know these people. Yeah. I know this vibe. Yeah, so I think you're right. It's a great uh, sort of a cocoon for Han Solo to start to mm-hmm. emerge from. Um, I love just the this vibe that. This is more than like uh, Chalmers is a you know a, a place to crash. Like this is a place for with, with activities. This is a place uh, like if you're gonna go to the Canto Casino to gamble in your high class, super super rich high class. This is where anybody can go to kind of try to you know uh, win win their starting money back, right? Like Han is is trying to do. And I like that there's uh, the separate gambling room. We've heard so much about gambling in Star Wars, and then we really get to see it in this specific kind of way in this little side room and you get the sense that there's a lot of little side rooms and the droid fighting cage and all that. And I think one of the other things, huge things that the lodge adds to star Wars is wood. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just that vibe, that aesthetic that is huge in bars, right? Like that, that place I used to go to after children's theater in Wisconsin was very old. You know, it was on a strip of the, this town that was like very old. Um, and that wood, you know, held memories. Right. And it was right. just this very, this deep, dark wood. And that is a part of the aesthetic of a lot of bars in the real world. So it was cool to see that low lit 
dark wood, how long has this place been here vibe in Star Wars? Yeah, and I know there was, as we've talked about before, there's there definitely some viewings of Solo where the theater, the the projector, whatever, wasn't wasn't showing the right stuff, man. And, and, and it did come super blue or, you know, even though there was, blue was intentional but like you almost couldn't see parts of solo in some theaters i totally get that i i still though i'm always a little disappointed in people who that movie is too dark bradford young shooting that movie choosing to go natural light uh in in the in the lodge i it's one of the sets that i just feels the most real in all of star wars uh in all the movies and i love it to death i love the look and feel and vibe and that and that wood has a lot to do with it too great design yeah absolutely do you have favorite moments or characters I love uh, Argus Six Eyes uh, Panox. Love that <laughs> moment. I love the Tops uh, Denny's trading card. Uh, <laughs> Scissor Punch is a popular one too. There's a lot of great characters there. I love that moment. And I know a lot of times, you know, in the promotion of movies, you get the cards and you think, oh, this movie is going to be all about Therm Scissor Punch, even though logic would let you, you know, know that that's not the case. These are the the weirdos, the background characters that make Star Wars. And I think Lucasfilm should continue to promote them in movies. Like, look at this great character. You know, we don't want Zuvio where it's not even in the movie. I get that. But I love, I love Six Eyes, man. And, and it's a fun moment. And it's a, it, it, it's part of the fun vibe of Solo that I love. Yeah. Eyes on your cards, all of them. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, Therm Scissor Punch is just hard not to love, partially because of the name and partially because he just has a vibe that he's out of luck. Um, I really like uh, Karj, I believe, who is the one who eats his cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's one of those great moments of like, hey, if you're going to have like lots of different kinds of aliens who do lots of different things and react to things in different ways, let's see it. Let's just have them use those razor sharp claws. Just eat totally. the cards. I also like Bunny Guy. Bunny Guy's not in the visual dictionary. Don't know what Bunny Guy's name is. Um, but Bunny Guy's right there by Hans shoulder and is like uh you know congratulating him when he thinks he won and then it's like bummed when he didn't yeah and i i believe that's one of the isn't that one of um warwick davis's uh, many characters i believe it is it might be yeah. yeah all right i will look into uh a bunny guy um i think i know the answer to this but i think we'd both go to the lodge right I, this might be one of my first spots even though i think there's probably again more real danger than some of the other spots yeah no this is other than uh, you know I, the droid fighting, I probably wouldn't be down for. Um, but avoid that. But but uh, you know I don't I don't. Other than slot mach- slot machines and playing cards on Red Dead Redemption games, I don't do a lot of cards in real life. But I love watching it. Um, so this would be a good spot. I just I would gather around and watch Lando and Han go toe to toe in Sabacc. Yeah, this is. I would definitely love to belly up at that dark wooden bar, and it feels a little bit more like if you just order a whiskey and you're not, you don't say anything too weird, and you just keep to yourself that you would just uh, be pretty safe and you absorb a bunch of really great stories and overhear a lot of great things like what? Oh, that's Beckett! Wow, you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love, I love just hearing different stories you know 80 percent of them probably lies or you know uh own kind of posturing but great stories nonetheless i love that stuff yeah absolutely lodge is a good story bar uh, we are going to move on to a bar we can actually go to or used to be able to and will in the future and that is oga's cantina on batu uh this is this was such a great choice of theirs to make a cantina what you've physically been there we've got to read about it a bunch um i've physically been there for you this real bar that's kind of play acting as a star wars bar 
uh, how does it sum up everything that bars have to offer in Star Wars? Do you think it does a good job being not, it's not just exactly Chalman's, it's got some of the aesthetic, but but it's it's uh, this one real world bar, uh, official <laughs> real world bar, there's another one, um, that we can visit. How, how does it capture bars for you? Uh, it it try it it definitely i wish i was there when it was closed <laughs> like i wish <laughs> it's a it's a tourist spot right but but in that you kind of capture everything we've been talking about you you walk in you're excited to be there you want to plug in to this adventure in front of you but there's also a lot of people wandering around that are just confused looking for their own way uh there's a lot of loud noises let's crowd at least the day i was there and it was a rainy day so a lot of people trying to go inside you have to share a table with a stranger you know and which is fine but no one it's not like a, a, a belling up to the bar. I mean, like, what's your story, friend? It, it's not that. It is just like, let's let's ignore them. Um, and so it's not quite, um, it's a little more Outlander Club. Uh, and again, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to weave in very real world stuff. It's obviously going to be a crowded tourist spot. It's Disneyland. Yeah. Um, but we all hear about it. And you hear about it before you go. Oh, we got to get, you got to get up early. You got to get your reservation. You got to go to the cantina. And by the way, I think you do. Mm-hmm. And like, stole the you know not stole i think it's built into their budget but i have coasters from there because we were putting them in our jacket pockets um they want you to go there and you should go there if you have never been to galaxy's edge and you get the chance in the future but it's definitely it's too much and it's almost not what i wanted like i want to go find the quiet watering hole uh <laughs> i know i know that's impossible disneyland I, I jokes aside but like yeah, it's like Star Wars to me. Just so many characters, so many things. It's the world in front of you, and you want to remember all of it, but you're not quite sure, sure how, how you're going to get through it all. It's just so big. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think it captures, you know, it's got that aesthetic of uh, bars in Star Wars that ranges from, yeah, the actual design is a little bit more like the cantina and the little alcoves, uh, but it's got, you know, a lot of kind of stuff going on. Not It's not playing pod racing games, but it's got a little bit, slightly nicer than Trollman's, a little bit uh, higher yeah. class, like uh, Outlander Club and all that. And so it's got the aesthetic. Uh, it's got the music going, which I think the music to me is really successful yeah. of sounding otherworldly and Star Wars-y, but actually being like fun and, and keeping the energy alive in the place. It's got all of the different uh, weird items on uh, up above the bar and on the uh, pull tabs for the beer uh, or for the drinks. Uh so it's got a little bit of that lore that you can kind of look around the corners and go, what's going on? And, and it's got that sense of community because you're shoved in there with people that you probably don't know uh, if you're going on a busy day, which, you know, for at least in Disneyland was every day uh, for all the time it was open. So I think mm-hmm. it really it captured a lot of this intersection between real life and Star Wars bar and with the Star Wars bars on screen have borrowed from real life to give that sense of community and lore and fun. And then the whole actual alcohol thing, which is new for Disney Mm. uh, and a big part of the lore too, to be able to get drinks that you've read about or heard about uh, in books and act, you know, for me to actually drink jet juice, which is one of my favorite drinks uh, and have the bartender go like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We cook that uh, on ships right here. The, Mm. you know, be into the lore of it's, this hooch that's cooked uh, off of yeah. hot, you know, uh, X-wing engines, and have the the bartender be into that lore, and it was not winky or cute. It was I'm going to immerse you in this world, you know. Uh, it was really great. What, what was the best part of your experience being there? Uh, I for me, I just at one point just kind of got lost in it. You got DJ Rex playing the tunes and. 
and our drinks had finally shown up and you, you know, you got that real world, you know, how are we going to get it? And again, real, real crowded, but just, I was able to find that little, uh, little oasis of star Wars fandom of just looking around going, Oh yeah, it, it's as if I was in a bar in star Wars and they accomplished it. And, and, uh, uh, a lot of fun. I just got lost in it. I was even doing a little dance. I think Grace was secretly filming me. Uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I had that moment. I had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I had a similar thing if I got to just sit back and enjoy it. It was real packed um, when we were there. And the servers had kind of said, or, or the, the hosts, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to guide you to your seat. And then and then there's not a restroom or anything. So, so you know, don't get in the way of the aisles. It was kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sit down, take your drinks, and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Which made me feel like I was in a real bar. Uh, so I, I kind of had the like, I'm gonna break the rules a little bit because I, mm-hmm. I want to see what's on, on those yeah. taps. And and then there's that you know weird lore of like, oh cool, there's a rancor tooth. Oh cool, like there's a hilt of a lightsaber to the beer. And as I got up and took some pictures and you know got some looks, like come on kids, sit down, kind of mm-hmm. vibe. So. I, had a fun rule breaking experience. And then I've talked about it before the, um, the experience at the table, it was just, it was just this great celebration of diversity of everybody who could be there. And, and it, it had that sense of lore because there was, um, you know, a person who loves Disney. So they wanted to go there and get the new pins. Uh, there are some hardcore star Wars fans. There was, uh, kind of 40 maybe 50 something woman who was a big fan of star wars and wanted to go and the only reason she was able to get her grumpy husband to come is he could finally drink in disneyland and he was real grumbly and then like a family came in and had these two um young young ladies who had just uh made their droids and were just so happy and wanted to stand and dance to the music and it was just like I couldn't have scripted this better. It was like the actual great, you go to a bar, you meet people from all over the world, all, all different reasons to be in here. And it was just great. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. To yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, there's so many bars that we could visit. Uh, I wrote down a couple other significant ones. We got aunt Z's tavern on the Colossus. Uh, we have the uh, cantina on Navarro uh, that grief Carga's working out of in the Mandalorian. We got 79s, the Clone Bar in Clone Wars, uh, all sorts of different bars. Uh, out of the kind of list of other bars that we're not going to have time to fully visit here on our Bar Crawl Can, which ones jump out at you? Which oh, ones on, do you want to visit? On, on Z's. Uh, I'll hit them all, but the Aunt Z's, uh, that's the type of bar I love. That's what Timmy Nolan's was to me at one point where the owner, Coners, knew my name and would sit down and have a conversation and um, you know, people would come in, you got the stories, you got to play the games and, and you had your favorite things on the menu and we would rally around or sometimes be at odds with the owner, but it was all there. It was continued stories every week. We were there so much, uh, uh that you would uh, pick up conversations that you had left off the previous Friday or Saturday. And, and that's, uh, I get that vibe from Monsey's Tavern. Yeah. You know, I, I think because we get to see it more, I think because of the way it's built into the Colossus of like, it's, it's one of the places to go on this station where everybody is kind of there together. Uh, it's really got that, like, it's a bar definitely, but a little bit of that, like, it's also kind of a family tavern. Uh, one of the bars I frequented a bunch just closed in Minneapolis, a place called Herkimer, which I, I was always hanging out at my friend's apartment and it was a block from their apartment. And when it opened, we were like a bar within walking distance and I could crash at their place. if We had too much at Herkimer's and, you know, we got to know uh, the chefs and the, the yeah. beer specials and, you know, the darts game. And, you know, there's the, 
you know, get to know the regulars that I never even spoke to who are obsessed with darts (laughs) and all that feels like absolutely at, at Aunt Z's tavern of, you know, there's that mix of like, yeah, no, there's some rough characters in there and Mm. big Al seems to be a a big alcoholic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) on a children's show, uh, straight up to having like some of those jokes of like, did I see that or am I drunk kind of jokes? Uh, so it's got a little bit of danger, but it also feels like Aunt Z makes sure it's a it's a place where you you can get loaded and you can also just get a grilled cheese for your kid. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the pub vibe. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I rewatched the uh, just the clone bar section of that episode of Clone Wars of 79. And I love that it's just a dance club and a lot yeah. of the clones are wasted. <laughs> God bless them. Large bathrooms, large bathrooms in a dance club. That is the clone bar. Uh, so we didn't get a chance to visit every bar in Star Wars, but we visited a ton of them. Do you have any final thoughts on bar crawling through Star Wars? What fun. I wish we could do this in real life. I mean, Ogas, we can, but I really get on a spaceship and head to all these spots. It'd be a, be a blast. Now, what started as just Lucas wanting to put some real world lived in kind of elements into his story is coming of age, modern myth. It's turned into a tradition that I love there because it works because it's part of life. Star Wars is life. Star Wars is about life. And this is part of it too, whether you're going in for that grilled cheese or from make a deal and do some gambling uh, or just stare down Anakin Skywalker, you know, Um, (laughs) I love that it's there. And I love that we can have this conversation about them. Yep. You can do it all. You can just uh, sit at the bar and weep in your jet juice if that's Mm -hmm. what you need. Yeah. I think uh, I'm right there with you. This is making me want to do a bar crawl in real life when we can again. And and hopefully uh, maybe, you know, someday (laughs) magical star Wars bar crawl uh, here in Los Angeles. We had the, uh, see if we'll still have it when uh, when everything uh, opens back up. The the hive of scum and villainy, scum and villainy uh, that had a little bit of it's the Star Wars aesthetic, but it's a little bit of you know community. You know, I've gone there on nights where they're having uh, trivia competitions or raffles, and it's got a little bit of like <laughs> you're in an exotic Star Wars place. And also, this is a neighborhood Hollywood bar <laughs> where right. just people hang out. Um, and I I really celebrate that. Out of all the great things that Star Wars has captured, I think they've captured something across all the eras, across all the bars, something really real and special about what this bar space is, which is that it's, it's this mix of good and bad and ugly. It is a place where you can uh, experience just a ton of community, a ton of diversity, a ton of just kind of joy and humor and celebration. And sometimes there is just straight up danger too and i love that it is uh bars in star wars are a real melting pot uh like real bars in the real world ken i got a final fun question for you do you think there's a bar in the jedi temple or should there be i don't think there is i think there's a reading lounge and (laughs) i think that's why jedi like obi-wan have to go seek uh dexter and other kind of refuges uh, out there uh refuse um yeah, I that that's that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think there there maybe you know what tell you what I'll do but there there used to be one. Oh, in in the oh, the yeah. early days. Yeah, and then somewhere maybe we'll get an entire High Republic comic series based around it, the shutting down of the Jedi Temple Bar. <laughs> that's when everything changes. That's the big change that's gonna happen is they shut mm-hmm. down the bar. Yeah, I, I'm kinda with you. I think that there isn't an official one right now. Mm -hmm. But I think we have seen enough Jedi who feel that they must experience the world, that they are mature 
uh, responsible adults. Uh, I mean, if anyone can keep balance in mind while drinking, it yeah. would be a Jedi. We know Obi-Wan enjoys a drink. I have picture Qui-Gon enjoying a drink. Uh, I don't think anyone's stopping Quinlan Voss from taking a drink if he wants to. It was like, so we know that there are some Jedi who might have, like to have just a little sip of something like very old and dignified while they discuss philosophy. So I think that there is an unspoken agreement that we know the Jedi uh, temple has lots of different meditation rooms. Mm. I think there's a meditation room way, way high up uh, in one of the towers. And it's just understood that after a certain hour, there is a certain panel in the wall yes. that folds open. You don't talk about it. You don't tell Padawans about it, but you go up there and it is a rite of passage yeah. when a Jedi gets to a, a certain age and is a part of the community that they discover the existence of that meditation room. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to go meditate. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm going to the East Tower tonight. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I would love to go to the East Tower of the Jedi Temple someday. But for now, that's it. That's our look at bars in Star Wars. Ken, do you want to tell people where they can find us? I'll take us out on Twitter. You can follow us at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center to join the, that conversation. We are on Instagram. We got YouTube videos. Check out our uh, news rebroadcast. Uh, other little shows on the way. The return of show until will be coming uh, very soon. We, uh, you can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. Podcasts available on a lot of spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can go to patreon.com slash Force Center to support us over there. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to KenNapsock.com. I did want to highlight, uh, I was recently on some other Star Wars shows, uh, Blue Milk, a Latte. Got to sit down with Kent over there with a good conversation, some fun Star Wars what-ifs. And then uh, with uh, Lauren Roma and, and her cousin Andrea, they have a great show called The Galactic Podcast. And I got to spend some time over there. You can uh, follow those shows and uh, get links to those uh, great little, uh, little Star Wars interviews I got to do. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, and uh, did you uh, did you share everywhere that you can be found as well? I did, sir. I did. Uh, just find me at the corner of the bar, folks. <laughs> Fine, Ken, at the corner of the bar. Uh, you can find me uh, at the corner of the bar of the internet uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all sorts of other comedy adventures. But for now, I've got through this entire podcast without taking a drink, and it is the afternoon. And I think I'm going to have a little something in honor of our conversation. So we got to go. For myself, uh, for Ken, and for Wu Hair, this has been Force Center. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.